0: Welcome to RADcast, a series of youth-created podcasts showcasing the Allegheny Regional Aztec District, RAD, which provides financial support to Allegheny County's libraries, parks and trails, arts and cultural organizations, regional attractions, sports and civic facilities, and public transit. I'm Ada Chuck. For of me this week is Morgan McRae. This episode includes segments on the Pittsburgh Youth Chorus as well as the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. But first, we'll be taking a closer look at the Afro-American Music Institute. So, I'm a big fan of music. My Spotify premium is incredibly stacked with all sorts of genres. What about you, Morgan?
1: I love music. I listen to music, I think, from, like, the minute I wake up to just about the minute I go to sleep. But i'm really excited for this piece i drive past the music institute every day on my way to school and on my way home so i see it a lot but i've
0: never been in and
1: i don't really know what it is so i'm really excited to learn about it
0: and i've never attended the afro-american music institute myself but i've heard many good things about it from friends who have gone in the past so i'm actually really interested to see what they have taken away from this but also what kayla can tell us about it too
2: The Afro-American Music Institute began here in Pittsburgh in 1982. It was first built in East Liberty before relocating to Homewood. I went to the Afro-American Music Institute and had a conversation with its CEO, Dr. James Johnson, about its programs.
3: You go to a lot of schools across the country, they either specialize in either African drumming and dance, some maybe classical. Well, here we do all of it. Being a world traveling musician, I haven't seen too much that, diversifies this curriculum like we do here at the Afro-American Music Institute.
2: Dr. Johnson is a man of many talents and a former traveling jazz musician, born in Tennessee and raised in the Pelican State of Louisiana. Despite his origins, Dr. Johnson chose Pittsburgh to pursue music education after the encouragement of a friend.
3: When I came to Pittsburgh because of a gentleman named Nathan Davis. I was the schoolmaster of the Lakeside School of Music in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he came down to do a tour And he picked me up on his way to the southern part of the state of Louisiana and told me that I might as well come and get an advanced degree and get credit for what I was already doing, you know, writing and teaching, developing curriculum ideas and so forth. So that's how I ended up in Pittsburgh.
2: The Afro-American Music Institute guarantees its students the value of music theory and its fundamentals, along with scholarship opportunities. When I walked through the building, it was clear to me the students are taught with great precision as there are several rooms designated for specific instruments. Even a room for recitals, which has the aesthetic of a jazz lounge. Aside from scholarships and skills, studying music here has the potential of improving your academic ability across
3: the board. If you want to go to colleges, it's a good foundation. We teach music theory here. Some of the principles you learn in these universities, you can get your fundamentals right here at the Afro-American Music Institute. Music in general, students who study music and take their grades seriously, they usually get the better grades. That's a scientific fact. Books have been written on it. If you take them both seriously, you're going to score the higher grades.
2: Dr. Johnson and his colleagues know the potential of their program and hope to grow even farther down the line. In fact, he strives to reach the level of becoming a national model.
3: We've been asked to come to California to talk about what we do here. And a lot of these places where we lecture, we've been asked to start a franchise. I I don't have a staff big enough to support that. But to become a national model, we know we are unique. Beyond music, Dr. Johnson and his wife, Pamela
2: Johnson, offer mentorship. Dr. Johnson has taken several young men under his wing throughout the years. He himself has seen youth stuck in gang activity better themselves after connecting with them, not only with his expertise in music, but also in ancient
3: African history. I've been dealing with black youth since the mid-60s when I was in college. Even in this very room that you're standing in, I had them in here on the floor on deck. I talked about ancient African history and today these guys to have their own businesses. They see them over the University of Pittsburgh. And this very office it changed their life.
2: Though it's called the Afro-American Music Institute, it's open to people of all backgrounds and has a lot to offer the people of Pittsburgh. Getting involved with the AAMI is as simple as signing up. For more information, visit afroamericanmusic.org or call 412-241-6775.
1: Your experience at the African American Music Institute was really fruitful and it just seemed to be super impactful. Your conversation was great. But in your conversation, Dr. Johnson touched on the theory that music improves academic ability. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. He talked a little bit about practicing music and academics at the same time, but do you have anything to support or denounce that? Personally, like I I don't
2: have specific scientific, like a researches like to my disposal but just in general like music i feel like the power of music uh, and and education people using maybe like lo-fi music in the background classical music that typically like motivates them and helps them so
1: i agree with the sentiment i agree too i listen to music to study and i do think it helps a good
0: bit Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And on the subject of music, one thing I really loved about the Institute was that it was more than just a music class. There was cultural aspects, there were mentorships, and it was really multifaceted beyond that. So I was wondering, because it's not a usual music class, why do you think that's so important, specifically for the Afro-American Music Institute?
2: I remember in the piece, he mentioned uh, there were these kids that were selling drugs and he sat them down in his office And he really like changed their lives and that these people are now like managers where they work and they go to college and all that. And I really think that's very important because lots of teachers, not even of just music, uh, relay information and not really look to impact um, who's listening. And the way that he operates, like he, he really cares about the community. And I think that's something very important. Uh, he, like, mentioned to me before I left, there's this mentorship that he was running. Sadly, I was not able to go, but it, it was really a great uh, experience, like, seeing somebody who actually cares about their students.
0: Fun fact for all of you, I used to be a harpist. I played for a mariachi back when I lived in Texas. And... I would see kids who were like you know unmotivated that was me uninspired that was also me (laughs) or people who were like you know weren't doing the best in their class and stuff like that and i saw the way that our music group was really able to uplift them and teach them so many life skills and also on a more personal level bring them out of really hard situations by just giving them the strength to go forward so i feel like within music there is such an opportunity for like change Like personally and among the people that you connect with so that's really valuable to me and i feel like that value was really emphasized with this piece in particular
1: so touching on personal values Kalo, why did you in specific choose to do this piece out of all the regional assets you could have done i know dr johnson touched on his love of jazz and his love of these different genres of music what really inspires you to say like this is the place i want to highlight
2: the boring answer i'd say is uh I'm African-American and I love music. (laughs) But yeah, whenever I saw it, like my eyes like instantly just like went straight to that uh, segment, I guess. And uh, whenever I was there, like I was not disappointed at all. It was like this beautiful mural all over the building. And like whenever I, I first got there, like I was greeted like they knew me or something. It was really nice.
1: that's beautiful that sense of community Mm -hmm. i love that
0: that's so lovely thank you so much Kaylo. like this was a really insightful response a really insightful piece and yeah i really appreciate you coming on today
1: no problem thanks for having me
0: absolutely coming up next we have a piece of the pittsburgh ballet theater by angel so do you do ballet more again
1: I was a dancer for a long time, but uh-huh. I did ballet for two years. I was, really didn't love it.
0: Yeah, I was a ballerina by proxy, and then mm-hmm. I really wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> and, like, I remember watching um, that one Barbie movie of, like, the 12 princesses or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, that needs to be me right now. Right now. That did not become me, but in my dreams, I did. So Yeah, I didn't have the uh-huh. posture or the
1: patience for
0: it. Uh-huh. But honestly, you know, we can watch ballerinas do their thing, and we can hear Angel talk about them right now in this piece. So, exactly. Let's get into it. Back
4: A large portion of my childhood was dedicated to trying new things. I tried everything from hockey to piano to drawing in the hopes that one hobby would stick. And one stuck. For four years, I attended the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, learned under its amazing teachers, and danced in its high-quality studio spaces. I learned the basics of the classic dance form from plies to arabesques to chassés. Recently, I had the privilege to revisit my childhood passion at PBT's newly renovated Bayam Center for Dance. The familiar hallways and studios of the center brought back memories of evening classes, weekend rehearsals, and nutcracker performances. While some things have changed, the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater has maintained its tradition for world class dance training. Every year, PBT goes on an audition tour throughout the country to handpick the nation's best dancers. During my visit, I observed its annual summer intensive designed specifically for the finest dancers around the world.
5: Our summer intensive is obviously hosted here at PBT Studios, and we do bring in hundreds of students from around the country and around the world to participate. Really what it is is giving those students the opportunity to be in a world-class professional facility with really a wonderful team. It's really looking at the whole dancer and the whole person here.
4: This is Dr. Catherine Gigler, recently appointed acting executive director for the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. Before starting her current position, she'd been working with PBT for three years as its Director of Education and Community Engagement, and she successfully led many initiatives working to incorporate PBT into Pittsburgh's cultural scene.
5: So we are one of the resident companies of the Meditam Performing Arts Center, so we are a member of that vibrant cultural district in Pittsburgh. Ballet originated in Italy during the
4: Renaissance as a dramatic form of expression. Today, however, there has been some stigma surrounding ballet and its supposed outdatedness, as opposed to other dance forms like contemporary and jazz. So how is PBT working to keep ballet an integral part of Pittsburgh's dance culture?
5: I think something that's really interesting about ballet that if you're not paying attention to the art form maybe people aren't aware of is that it's always evolving and changing. There are so many new choreographers who come from very different traditions and who are adding kind of that vibrant expression and movement to historical ballet traditions. But there is so much happening in ballet that is kind of in conversation with that tradition and pushing back against traditions in some way and creating new forms of communication and expression.
4: Today, PBT is in its 53rd year of dancing and teaching new generations of dancers. And there's lots of opportunities for community members in the Pittsburgh area to get involved.
5: You can either come to a main stage show, August Wilson to start with. Obviously, Nutcracker's a classic down at the Benedum. We offer classes, so we have a community division, which offers classes throughout the week, year-round. Dance and fitness, bar and pilates, of course, ballet and contemporary, for all experience levels, all ages, all abilities. For
4: more information visit pbt.org or call 412-281-0360.
0: Thank you to Angel. That was an amazing piece we just heard. What I really loved about Angel's piece was the way that they were able to discuss the way in which ballerinas and ballet as a art form is able to break barriers and defy traditions. I think that we all know that ballet has recently come into a lot of controversy for its, like Angel said, very outdated nature. But I do believe that ballet can be a beautiful art form when we acknowledge the fact that it can evolve too. Right. I think sometimes people try to hold things where it's at in
1: history or where it's at in society society and it's like no as the order of things change if we want Spaces like ballet to continue to evolve and be progressive, mm-hmm. we have to keep them moving forward. Which means modern contemporary music, which means mm-hmm. more diverse casting. It means ballet is going to look a little different, but that's okay because this world is looking different. Yeah. And I really like that Angel chose to take that kind of perspective with their piece.
0: Exactly, and it's not like we heard like the ballerina is doing really graceful moves to like dubstep. Like we're still seeing the most beautiful and elegant parts, in my opinion, of ballet still intact. But we're also seeing a new form of just new choreography new perspectives and it makes ballet all the more rich in my opinion
1: one detail that i really loved about angel's piece was the ballet music in the background like in Mm -hmm. the beginning that fade out it was grabbing but it was like it was so soothing and then like when it came back in at the end i was like oh that was really great addition i was
0: living my ballerina barbie princess dreams i love the piece so much Now we will go to the Pittsburgh Youth Chorus that was featured by
6: Camille. Singing is a skill that takes years to master, but it helps starting young. Singing at a young age allows your vocal ability to change with you as you grow. Ask any current singer about how they started, and they'll probably say that they started singing in a choir. The people that you just heard singing are all middle schoolers. They all train and sing at Pittsburgh Youth Chorus, also known as PYC. Pittsburgh Youth Chorus is for kids in grades 1 to 12, and I took the time to interview one of their staff members.
7: My name is Lee Savaliksik. I am the executive director of Pittsburgh Youth Chorus, and I have been working with PYC for three years going into my fourth season now.
6: Before becoming affiliated with PYC, Lee was a music educator in central Pennsylvania. He had been teaching for 11 years and worked mostly with choirs but he also taught guitar, keyboarding, and composition. Lee's role now as executive director is a little different to what he was used to,
7: so my role now, I often say I'm kind of like the principal at your school. So um, playing an administrative role as the executive director, I'm the one who's kind of responsible for making sure business is going smoothly and that the money that the organization has coming in and going out is all taken care of. And then I also just have the benefit of getting to observe and make relationships with the families, which is something that I did a lot in my job before, but just kind of be supportive of our teaching artists and make sure that they have what they need.
6: What is different about PYC is that they are all focused on voice and singing. Not only do they teach their kids how to sing, but the kids are also exposed to different languages through singing. They also have multiple different collaborations with other arts programs around Pittsburgh.
7: One of the things that I think brings families and young people to our organization is the opportunities that they have to collaborate with other organizations like um, we have a long-standing relationship with the Pittsburgh Opera, Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. We're also featured with them from time to time and we're doing an opera this season with Resonance Works and, of course, the partnership with a Hill Dance Academy Theater. We are going to be doing a concert version of a musical. Um, the plan is to do Wizard of Oz in partnership with the Three Rivers Young People's Orchestra. What makes us unique in some ways is those relationships, those connections with other arts organizations.
6: PYC sings all different types of music, from classical to pop. They even have programs that bring in local artists to come and teach their students. Another difference is the application process. PYC has multiple different choirs, which allows them to accept a wide variety of people from all different school districts.
7: So when a young person wants to get involved with PYC, they have a few different options. We have an interest form on our website that is usually a good starting place for anybody, and that just lets us know who you are, and then we can kind of connect you with the, the right stream of getting involved. When someone fills out an interest form, someone will reach out and point them in the right direction, whether that's registering right away or coming to a placement session where our conductors can, in a very comfortable and hopefully non-intimidating group setting, get to know you a little bit and get familiar with your voice so that we can just determine which one of our choirs would be a comfortably challenging place to kind of help you to learn and grow.
6: All in all, PYC hopes their singers take away a lot of things from their program. But the most important thing that they could ask is the kids to remember how to use their voice. If you want to know more about PYC or are interested in joining, go to pittsburghyouthchorus.org.
0: That was a very powerful and melodic segment by Camille. How do you feel about it, Morgan? Honestly, it was another great piece that featured youth
1: talent, but Mm -hmm. Camille's whole interview with Lee Savaleksek was honestly great to listen to. He seemed so passionate about the mission to have children use their voice and express themselves through songs, so it's nice to see somebody so passionate about music almost giving back to this younger community.
0: Exactly, too. And the way that Lee was so excited about the connection that this institution has with other arts communities in Pittsburgh was also really valuable to hear about. Even though the course in and of itself is already so impactful, the fact that they make it a point to talk with other arts organizations and have built those connections it connects everyone together and it makes for an even better experience for everyone involved and when younger singers are exposed to like the opera houses that the um, pyc collaborates with it'll show them like there are options for you beyond this chorus alone it's really beautiful and they sounded
1: beautiful Mm -hmm. opening up with song it's such a creative thing to do but it it always adds a little something special to the piece
0: And that's a wrap for us today. How do you feel, Morgan? I feel good. I love music, so this episode was great. Thank you to Rodcast again for this um, lovely opportunity, and we'll catch you next time.